Aussies are relocating from capital cities to regional Australia in record numbers. We could give you all the stats about better house prices, all the jobs on offer and higher levels of happiness, but what's better than hearing from someone who's made the move themselves? Welcome to You Moved Where, the podcast where we interview everyday Aussies who have moved from the city to the country. I'm your host, Beck Bignall, a girl from regional Australia who moved to the city and then, you guessed it, back to regional Australia. This is You Moved Where. It takes a special kind of person to embrace being bailed up about community concerns while in the local IGA. But for Daniel Fletcher, it's something he genuinely enjoys. Living in regional Australia wasn't something the city boy from Melbourne had ever imagined. But he was lured out to regional Queensland for an exciting professional opportunity. A taste for regional life was enough to get him hooked. And after a stint in the Northern Territory where his children were born, he found himself in Emerald, Queensland. Initially struggling to find a rental, Daniel and his young family found themselves living in a cottage on a mate's cotton farm. Incentivised by the cheaper house prices and value for money, Daniel solved his rental conundrum by buying a house in Dolby, where he currently works as the General Manager of Community and Livability for the Western Downs Council. Daniel threw himself into community life, embracing all the things that his vibrant community offers. The events, the environment, the warm, friendly people, and he wholeheartedly listens to the things they want to understand what they might need. It's safe to say that Daniel has truly earned his stripes, graduating from city slicker blowing to fully-fledged country resident. <laughs> Daniel Fletcher, you moved where? To Dolby in the Western Downs, Queensland. And you and your wife, Annabelle, were Melbourne born and bred, and then you moved to Brizzy. So what was life like growing up as a city kid? Yeah, I think it's life's pretty easy as a city kid. Um, fun fact is my wife and I were born in the same hospital uh, about a year apart and met many years later in Queensland, but certainly our time growing up as um, young infant city children was fun, had plenty of activities around, uh, lots of friends, so life was good. And I believe that you enjoy AFL, which makes sense given that you're from Melbourne. Were your weekends filled with AFL matches and Auskick games and things like that? Yeah, weekends, mornings, lunch at school, after school, every probably spare moment was filled with a uh, football in hand. So I'm one of uh, four siblings with two brothers and a sister and, yeah, we were all pretty pretty keen sporting um, kids and that yeah, AFL being their predominant sport in Victoria and in other parts of Australia, not so much here in Dolby, although we do have the Dolby Swans and I have put the boots on a few times for them. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely a very strong um, AFL supporter. In 2017, you first left city life to the regional town of Emerald in Queensland, where the population is 14,000. Tell me, what took you there? Uh, it was simply the job opportunity at the time to progress my, my career at that stage in, in local government, as it still is now, and um, the opportunity presented itself, uh, and it was probably one of those cliche moments where it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down. So at that stage, I was a single guy and I packed up everything I owned and threw it on the back of the ute and drove out to Emerald and started life out out there in 2017. 
Wow. Emerald is such an amazing place, isn't it? It's got such a vibrant community and obviously is associated with cotton and yeah, just some incredible people that come out of that town. So tell me, you went there as a single boy and then how did you come to get partnered up? Emerald is a pretty great town. There's so many things happening uh, in that place there. And uh, I guess a part of my role was travelling a little bit. Um, and at one, one moment I was uh, travelling, uh, I remember I was uh, in, in Brisbane with, uh, with the mayor at the time and a few other people for some work functions and just happened to meet a, a lovely lady in Brisbane at the time. And that was the beginning of, uh, I guess, our blossoming romance. And it didn't take long, probably only... Uh, a couple of months to realise that, you know, this was something serious and then um, there some pretty quick decisions needed to be made around um, relocation and my wife, Annabelle, uh, at the time was in a position where uh, uplifting her life was uh, a, a choice that she was comfortable making and I guess I must have done some things right early on and so, yeah, she packed her bags and headed out to Emerald. That's really interesting because obviously you have to have that conversation and like you've described it, it is a process um, to make sure that both parties are happy to to move into the regions together. Um, what did you miss from city life in that first move from Brisbane to Emerald? Oh, I don't want to be as boring and say nothing, but I think it really was nothing. Um, probably the not being so close to, I guess, some family members and, and the close friends that you you establish when you're in any location, really, and just that reorientating of your life. So that's always a bit of a process. But I think life's hard. Choices in, in life are hard. I mean, we were comfortable making that, that harder choice at the time. Uh, well, at least it felt like it was hard moving away from some things that we knew that were comfortable. And ultimately, it wasn't that hard in the end. Very rapidly created new friendship networks and we're connected in with uh, community groups and sporting clubs and all of those things that you would expect to be connected in within in a metropolitan area. So so you really embraced that adventure and you were really adaptable and then you jump states again. You head over to Darwin of all places, the beautiful place that's only swimmable, what, like three months of the year? And <laughs> it's questionable if it's swimmable at all, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was an opportunity again with that, that same old cliche and it, it was a, a career progression opportunity for me as well. So at, at that specific time in our life, uh, Annabelle was pregnant with our first child. So um, I'm incredibly grateful that she was willing to move to the top end um, coming into what's known as the wet season up there, which is uh, incredibly uh, difficult from a weather perspective, certainly if you're, if you're pregnant. Yeah, so we, we took the journey up there. Um, we were based about uh, sort of 20, 25 minutes south of, of Darwin there. And, again, we probably really enjoyed it. I mean, Darwin, the Northern Territory, the top end, it's kind of like the last frontier to some extent. Um, you know, the weather can be challenging. You probably either love it or hate it, and I certainly enjoyed it. I know my wife did um, while it was more problematic for her during some of the, the heavier pregnancy stages, it really is a great place to get out and about and spend time out, outdoors. That's amazing. And hats off to Annabelle because I'm pregnant at the moment and it's pretty hot over here in WA. <laughs> so I can't vouch for the humidity, which is another layer of difficulty, but I can completely relate to just that added challenge that heat makes when you're at this stage. Darwin is still a capital city, but it's certainly not Melbourne or Brizzy. What city aspects do you feel still exist in Darwin? 
Oh, I think it's just on a smaller scale of, of the density. Uh, going back to what I said before around living in a city can be hard, just as living in a regional area can be hard. But Darwin sort of finds this neat little balance between if you want some of these smaller coffee-type cafe, urbanised environments, Darwin's really great for that. It does have a lot of that on offer. You tend not to get that type of um, opportunity or development in some of the regional areas. Or when you do, they're just they're just different. Um, they're more sort of standalone and, and they, uh, I guess, are less uh, required to fit into the built form of the urban area. And I think, yeah, that was an enjoyable part, so we're getting the best of both worlds. Um, Darwin really is just a very, very large regional area. It, it is a capital city, but um, it certainly doesn't have the same uh, flavour as you know, Brisbane or Melbourne does. And you've talked about Darwin being where one of your kids was born. What was your experience of having all the beauty of natural hot springs, the Catherine River, and a number of those kind of quintessential Australian landmarks at your doorstep as a young family? Uh, both of our, our children were born up there. So we've got Claire, who's three, and Jack, who's just over one at the moment. And we found it really beneficial. So we did a lot of um, travelling on, on weekends to whether it was uh, Litchfield, out to Kakadu, down to Catherine, even did a very large road trip uh, across to Broome. So drove across there and came back, spent a, a bit of time in the Kimberleys there as well. And I think the combination of being, of living up there and having a young family it, it essentially forces you to go out and enjoy some of those things. Whereas if you're located on the on the east coast somewhere, it just makes it just makes life harder to get to those natural, beautifully. Uh, beautiful places so yeah we're really I think from a timing perspective we're incredibly grateful that we got to experience that while our kids were, were young. It is it's a stunning part of the world with just so many special qualities. I also had an opportunity as a kid to kind of see a fair bit of the regions because my dad was really passionate about the bush and so we did low camping and things like that. What impact do you think exposure to these places has had on your children? <laughs> well practically um I'm not sure that my my daughter will appreciate this when she gets older and can probably listen to it. But she was she's very much an, an outdoor baby, outdoor child, and she'll just wander with her with nothing on her feet and just go and uh, take a wee in the garden over there. I mean, most kids do that, but she's just on an, another level of of appreciating the um, how easy that was when we were up there. And we we lived on um, sort of five acres out there, so no neighbours were certainly watching, but. I think just the the general level of comfort a young person can have being in nature or being in the bush and, and not seeing or not being apprehensive to, to that type of environment, I think. Uh, and while our kids are still young, I, I do think it's going to hold them really in, in good stead um, as, they, as they grow up being open to those types of experiences. In May 2022, you got to Dolby, Queensland. You lived across three different states. What was the immediate thing you noticed about living in the sunshine state when you arrived in Dolby? I don't necessarily believe in the work-life balance uh, concept, but certainly work-life harmony and getting to Dolby. Dolby is geographically really, it's brilliantly located. So we get the best of both worlds. We are only a couple hours drive from southeast Queensland where um, some of our extended family are, but certainly um, you've got that large metropolitan area should, for whatever reason, you need it. And you're also only a you know, two to three hour drive from uh, some beaches or some a variety of coastal areas. 
but we get the benefit of, of living in, in the bush, living in this regional area where I think that was initially the, the greatest um, the greatest learning, the greatest observation when we got here. It's really we do have the best of both worlds and there's probably two uh, really important challenges that we faced as many do when they go to a regional area. The first was around housing um, and the second was around childcare. I was living on a mate's cotton farm at the time, not uh, not too far from, from Dolby because there was just no available housing to, to have myself, my wife, the, our kids, and we have two dogs as well. That was a little bit of a challenge and it actually resulted in us uh, making a choice to buy a home probably sooner than we had planned to, but that's been a great outcome for us. We're incredibly happy with the purchase and where, where we live now. And it also meant that uh, we had to be a little bit more creative with the childcare scenario. So um, Annabelle had to drive Claire probably 25, 30 minutes to Cecil Plains, which is um, just outside of Dolby there for probably four or five months um, to get uh, Claire into the, the daycare there. And I think when you're living in a regional area, ultimately that's not too difficult, that's not too complicated. It's just probably something you don't plan for straight away where there's might be the convenience of a, a childcare just a couple of kilometres away in some other areas. So we just had to get a bit creative with, with those two things. And now um, our daughter Claire is in your in local um, childcare, which is much easier, but it's just the brilliant location of having everything literally at our doorstep or within a couple of hours' drive, which is, which is nothing. What do you do when you have that drive? Like if you're going to Brisbane or, you know, needing to move around for work, what are the things that you do to kind of, you know, just accept that that's what you've got ahead and make the most of that time? Yeah, well, there's probably some, it's a bit polarising because the drive from my house to work is about four and a half minutes. So I'm lucky to get one song in. Um, Generally, it might be the ABC radio or something that's on, but there's nothing I can, I don't feel like I'm very productive on that drive. It's so quick. So that's one massive advantage from being for living here compared to in the city. But as you say, sometimes we'll have to travel and even between uh, Dolby, Chinchilla, Miles, some of our other regional areas, it can be uh, you know, one, two, sometimes more hours of, of driving to cover that off. And um, I think, sadly, I'm probably on, on the phone trying to catch up on a few things with people, obviously driving um, hands-free. But certainly uh, audio books and podcasts seem to be some of the things that uh, that keep me interested in, in those drives. And I guess it also matters who else is in the car. So if the, if the kids are there, it's normally a, an interesting game trying to keep them occupied. But, um, yeah, from a work perspective, it's um, technology is great now. So you can just you can maintain a, a really high level of productivity while you're, while you're driving and, and do it safely. So, um, yeah, that's probably the best way to summarise that one. You've described that you were on a cotton farm. Can you please give me, like, paint a picture of where you were living in that scenario? Yeah, one of my uh, best mates, uh, he's, he lives out there, runs a, an organisation or runs a business called Porter and Wood, so there's a little plug for him. I'm sure he'll be happy with that. His uh, family um, operate uh, cotton and sorghum farming out, out that way, so... It was just convenient for me, really very convenient that uh, that he lived in that area, so I could sort of jump on board for a, a few weeks um, while the the transition down from the Northern Territory was was occurring. Annabelle and the kids were living uh, with her sister in, in Brisbane, so we were sort of making that trek again, which isn't too bad. On, on a Monday morning, I'd I'd leave Brisbane and, and drive out to Dolby to start work. I mean, you wouldn't want to do that every day, obviously, but it wasn't that concerning. But I guess being out 
on the cotton farm was a nice way to re-indoctrinate myself into into this area and really understand that you know that is the the lifeblood of, of most regional areas and certainly this this area in regards to um, cotton or, or, or agriculture or our intensive agriculture out this way and now we've got some extra layers in the in the energy space with um, wind farms coal seam gas um, solar farms as well so we're again really brilliantly located to take advantage of some of those aspects but yeah it was it was really it just felt like coming home um, from from the northern territory um, when we were coming here it, it was like, it's such a brilliant such a brilliant drive when it doesn't matter if it's early in the morning late in the afternoon you know when when the sun hits whatever farming field and, and sort of reflects back onto the onto the uh, the car car window it's uh, you know it's just a beautiful moment that I you just you cannot replicate it when you're driving in the city or you're driving on a highway between two suburbs. So those moments were, I guess, uh, really enjoyable, really um, pleasurable. Yeah, farm life is pretty incredible. Was it good having the kids get exposure to that environment, or were they too young at that stage? Uh, no, Claire certainly was up to her tricks, making sure she you know found a spot to to pee when when she was outside and. Um, yeah, and, and again, just the opportunity where, where they've got um, you know, uh, 10 or 12 chickens and a few of the other things that you just don't typically get uh, in, in a metropolitan area. Yeah, the kids really did enjoy it. I mean, we're, we're grateful that we've got those connections and, and that our, you know, at least Claire at this stage has had, had that exposure. So, I mean, I know now we, we're on a one-acre property. To provide some context as to why we're so happy with um, the the decision we were, uh, I guess, rapidly required to, to make around purchasing a home is we've got a four-bedroom, two-bathroom, contemporary home. You know, you look at it, it looks basically brand new on an acre block and, you know, we, we paid uh, 500000 for it and it just, even that is just not possible. You, know, you can't even buy the land for that anywhere in any metropolitan area and it just felt like the the dream is, is actually alive if you can make the choice of, of moving to a regional area. And we're only two hours, two and a half hours really away from well, the Brisbane airport. Value for money and not having that really intense mortgage pressure is definitely a major sell. And do you feel like, you know, having a house that changes your perspective in terms of the time that you see yourself staying because it feels more permanent? We're, we're incredibly happy. with um, We're overjoyed with our decision to be here in Dolby. And there's just no... No version of our life in the, in the short or medium term which sees us moving. And that, there's probably a variety of reasons for that, but primarily because it's such a good place to have kids uh, when, they're, when they're growing up. And I think most regional areas are, are benefited from that uh, aspect. And, you know, we, we don't really have to make a decision. I mean, we don't know. Maybe our... One of the kids will have a particular interest in something that might be obscure, and as a result, we make a decision in, in a decade's time. But you know, for us, that, that short and medium term um, outlook is is uh, Dolby and sort of Western Downs orientated. So, yeah, I think the, the decision to purchase for us, in particular, when there's such a challenge around housing supply and housing affordability nationwide, um, it was a great moment to know that you know we could we could own our home. Um, live uh, as you would typically see a, a, a normal family and not have the pressures or, or at least the cost of living pressures that other young families will be experiencing in, in metropolitan areas. And I suppose because you're 
very visible within the community, you know, playing on footy teams or buying your groceries at the local IGA, then you're going to be held accountable to everyone that um, has an opinion about the things you do. How do you approach the um, the feedback that you might get in person? Does that happen? It does. It happens regularly and I, I often say that I'm, I'm actually really proud to wear my name badge when I might be at the shops if I have to go there after after work or even during lunch. Um, and it's people notice it and certainly um, if I've interacted with them or if they're aware of who I might be, I do tend to get um, stopped or interrupted down the, uh, the aisle at, uh, at the local supermarket. And I think it's brilliant. I think it's so great that we've got a community that really is engaged and they're engaged in a meaningful way. Um, and I... There's no way we as an organisation can create great outcomes without seriously having the community and a variety of those stakeholders that are some that are indirectly involved and certainly those that are directly involved in some of the decisions be not only seen to be a part of it, but as they feel a part of the, the development and, and some and a lot of these decisions. So, yeah, I really do enjoy it. The, the alternative is that, um, you know, myself or other staff members don't put their badge on with pride and the community, uh, you know, seek you out for um, for other disingenuous reasons. It's actually a byproduct of the brilliant leadership that our mayor shows and the way that the council as a group operate with such harmony. Leadership really does come from the top and when you see and you're exposed to that type of leadership, it actually permeates itself throughout the community. Now, I'm going to ask goalposts, so... As a regional person, when I go to regional towns in different states, the first thing I look at on ovals is AFL posts or league posts, and then I can sort of figure out what kind of a community that I'm in. You've talked about playing for the AFL team in Queensland. Is it an AFL town or a league town? It's definitely not an AFL town. (laughs) Um, There would probably be a number of other sports that, uh, sit between the two rugby codes and, and AFL, unfortunately. But um, no, I think that's great. I mean, even that we are a regional area, we, we do have an AFL team. We we uh, we certainly have no option to discriminate. We'll allow anyone to come and play because we just we need the numbers, and it's such a great vibe around all of the clubs, really. But yeah, you're right. And one of the great things is when you drive into Dolby from uh, Toowoomba, is you pass the, the majority of our sporting fields on the right hand side of the Warrior Highway there. And, um, you'll see the, the AFL goalpost, which is also used as one of three cricket ovals, and then you'll pass the tennis and you'll see the uh, union and the, uh, the, the league fields as well. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly uh, plenty of um, sporting options. Yeah, recreational activities are very plentiful in regional towns and communities, aren't they? Tell me what you do socially in Dolby as well to enjoy your time outside of work. Probably split that into a couple of uh, responses. One, it's the, the family time. So, you know, we, we spend a bit of time travelling around to some of the different areas we've got. And we've got a great variety and schedule of community events that happen right throughout our, our region. But, yeah, the Bunyan Mountains are uh, something that's a really valuable asset for our region. So we, my wife and kids, we spend a bit of time up there and feeding the birds and they fly on your head and, you know, doing a doing some of the walks around around that area there. Besides that, I think it's probably, I mean, well, besides the, the 
the time spent with family. It's really um, that that socialising aspect with with the rest of the community and all the different groups that are involved. And my um, since since arriving here in May last year, I think we've been asked about eight times, maybe nine times now, to participate in one form of a, a community team sport or, or another. And that's certainly how I got roped into the local footy team. And Annabelle's been doing her best to, uh, you know, make herself available for some of those as well. But uh, I think that that's it. There's just so much, so much happening. So it'll be between, um, you know, shopping and socialising, or, or going to spend some time camping at one of the different locations, whether that's Lake Broadwater, the Tara Lagoon, Caligula Lagoon. And yeah, there's there's just so much going on. My husband Jim and I are really connected when we're in the regions because, um, you know, you don't have all the distractions of city life. Yes, kids and priorities and responsibilities come into play. But do you feel like your partnership within the regions is really well supported by being in a community outside of the city? Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly lucky, I think, to have you know, a great uh, have a great wife and a great partner. And I would, certainly wouldn't suggest that you have to be partnered up to move to a regional area, but... Um, if you've got career ambitions, being able to support each other and being able to to do that in a community that's not disconnected from families, and I, that's what I find in certainly in Dolby and in the other regional areas that I've been, is that you as an individual and you as a team um, actually are connected in with the success of the broader community. Where I feel like you get lost in a in a big city, or, or it's very easy to get lost. And you know, I, I poke a bit of fun at my friends sometimes, and. You know, tell them to you know, stop being afraid of their of their potential, and because you can't. There's nowhere to hide out here in some of these regional areas where you can very easily, um, I guess, you know, fly under the radar in, in a metropolitan area. And certainly, if you're motivated enough to to go out and about with the community events and be involved in, in certain things, and I think it, you know that convenience, um, especially when you're um, you know, you're, you're partnered up and there might be a variety of different interests. It's just so easy to so easy to access, access them, I should say. Yeah. Can you tell me, have you got any advice for someone who might have moved regionally or be thinking about regionally in terms of how they could find community? Oh, I think it's just make sure you're not uh, at home. It's really easy to uh, nowadays, whether it's you know, Netflix or Stan or just flicking through the internet on, on your phone. And, and to some extent, that's important because you can create some connections through there as well. But make sure you get out and about. Um, there are so many. And I've, I've had this a number of times since I've moved to Dolby and, and I've met uh, other people who have moved here. Um, they have said uh, quite openly and quite frankly that they've never been to a place before where strangers are so welcome. And it's it's quite literally you'll just be walking down the street and someone will just acknowledge you to say g'day and the next thing you realise you're in a, a deep and meaningful conversation about something and it's it's not even the six degrees of separation here, it's it's one degree and then you realise that you're connected with this person who's at that group and then, you know, two days later you're, you're down at the local tennis club or whatever it might be and I think it's uh, to make the most of the opportunities in, in the regional areas you, you just have to be well fortune favors the bold again really just be bold and, and try and get yourself out of um, any any level of comfort at home and were there any misconceptions or assumptions that you might have made before you moved to the regions like has living regionally helped you understand regional life yeah definitely I mean and that's probably more by circumstance rather than choice you're thrust amongst it uh, straight away it's 
we're, we're, so, we're so connected now in, in the digital world that sometimes it feels like you're not that far away from uh, whether it's a, a city or a certain uh, opportunity to purchase something, you know, with uh, online shopping and the ability for it to just be delivered nowadays. I think the, the misconception was, for me, that was probably really quickly reorientated is that you're, you're far away and you, you're just not. Um, you're not that far away from um, whether whether it's a, you know, any type of service that you need. I know that all of our regional areas would um, benefit from and, and appreciate uh, additional services, but certainly we have, whether it's uh, education or health and you know, childcare, and we've spoken about some of those, but they're all, they're all here, they're all available. Yes, sometimes there might be a, a small waiting period, but that's the, I think that's the, the trade-off. Uh, the trade-off is, yes, you, you might not be able to walk straight into the doctor, but you can go to the hospital if, if you need to get something. It, it's there. You know, I could probably do a whole other podcast on, on things like that and, and what regional areas need. And yeah, my, my takeaway and my misconception would have been that you're, not, you're actually not that far away. What did you feel like you've given up and what do you feel like you've gained by moving regionally? Maybe the opportunity for Sunday roast at mum's house all the time. But again, that's a byproduct of our circumstance where, you know, now Annabelle and my mother, they live in, in metropolitan areas. So, but the trade-off for that is Annabelle cooks a pretty mean roast as well. So yeah, that, that's probably the only thing I can think of that we've given up. That's meaningful what we've gained and i'll probably split this into two ones professionally um when you when you move to a regional area you're there is so much more you have to do and I'll, i won't speak on behalf of another industry or another role but certainly from a local government perspective you can get lost in the big in the big cities if you were working for one of those councils whereas here the breadth of what you need to learn what not only what you need to learn, what you need to feel and how your hands need to be involved in, in these things, but you actually just get a much broader experience across across the professional spectrum of, of what you might be doing. And I think that goes almost exclusively for every industry um, in, in all regional areas. So from a professional perspective, I don't think you can get greater experience. Um, even if it was 12 months, you know, that would be... I think it would far outweigh um, any opportunities you get in a metropolitan area. So personally, I think the greatest thing we've gained, and I briefly mentioned it earlier in regards to the four-minute drive to work, I mean, I'm not stuck in traffic ever. The challenge is I don't have to rush out to catch the 6.30 train or the whatever bus in the morning or you know, know that I'm going to be stuck in traffic for however long. So I can stay at home and I, I get that ability to spend time with my kids when they're in those years of growing up. Plus, I'm home pretty quickly too. When when work's finished, I'm never when we're never going to get these years back when the kids are growing up. So, um, not only do we love it, but it's it's this this opportunity that by design of being out here now, it's just a part. It's I hope it's something we just never take for granted um, because other people and I know a lot of my friends who don't live in the regional areas are you know we're often chatting and they're often frustrated about. Um, the the pressures of life. You know, we're all sort of challenged by the cost of living pressures, but when you add additional layers of uh, time, having to travel to and from work, and you know, I, I know that certain cities have you know relatively efficient public transport, and that's not. I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is 
that you just can't locate yourself, or not everybody can anyway, so close to their work. Even with remote work now, um, that hasn't, uh, and that's still available to our staff here. So you, you, you just personally, I know we are getting, what we've gained is that, that time that we will never get back. And if you were pitching Living Regionally to someone who was thinking about it, maybe just about to dip their toe in the water, what would you say? Uh, don't be afraid to reach your potential and be awesome. It's not, it's not hard. It might feel like it's hard, but the benefits are so much greater than what you could even imagine when you're probably putting a list together about the advantages and disadvantages of doing it. I just, I really challenge, uh, challenge yourself to think about what is your, what is your potential and, and how awesome can you really be? And, you know, regional areas can uh, absolutely help you reach that, that potential. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's been a pleasure to have someone like you on who's got so much passion for their community and also has a real sense of being approachable, which is really important because, you know, councils play such a critical role in small communities in making sure they're really functional for living and make the lifestyle really enjoyable and the places that we love to live. So thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your thoughts and experience. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Beck. It's been a pleasure. Yemu Flare is made on the land of the Kenyang people, with Daniel Fletcher joining us from the land of the Barangam people. We would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to Elders past and present. This episode was produced by Grace Fruvray and hosted by me, Beck Bignall. Make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts because on next week's episode, You'll hear stories like this. People don't understand, but that's Aboriginal Week in the Goldfields and all the families and all the different language groups all to get together and all the boys are out running, playing footy with all their different colours. It's just, you have to be there to see it. You Moved Where is brought to you by www.movetomore.com.au and the Regional Australia Institute. Move to More is supported by the Australian Federal Government and if you head to www.movetomore.com.au you can search almost 2,000 regional towns and cities to find your favourite regional destination and in the same place, find your dream home and job.